Welcome to Manager Tools. How to respond to a request for a raise. Part three. Here we go. So, Mark, now we get to the hard work. And um, in uh, typical Manager Tools, Mark Horseman fashion, it's not hard work for you. It's going to be hard work for your directs. And your, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and your directs aren't going to want to do it. Um, and that's ask for a supporting documentation presentation. Hey, folks, that, that thumping sound you hear is the bus that Mike just threw me <laughs> just, in. Just backed up over you yeah. a couple times, actually. Yeah, exactly. I didn't yeah. get you the first. You're still yeah. talking. Let me <laughs> try did. it again. Exactly. Yeah, look, the direct wants a raise, okay? They don't just get to ask, okay? And we know that many directs have wildly wrong ideas about what's normal when it comes to compensation. And, and guys, some of the reasons you get requests um is just lack of knowledge about how things work and hopefully what we've already shared will help some of that but also part of it is insecurity part of it is a friend of theirs a colleague of theirs um doing better part of it is the skew in public information about salaries and compensation because the really big packages often highlighted by the young age of a recipient get lots of press whereas average packages or below average packages or ranges or the fact that ranges overlap or or the fact that you don't necessarily want to be at the top end of a range don't get attention in fact companies don't want to talk about it when you hear salary information unless it's really vague you're hearing a story told by the recipient and as we've said before unfortunately guys you can't believe people talking about their salaries um, and look Historically, an, an increase, now in particularly bad times, let's say 2008, 2009, many companies said, you know, no raises, you know, you're lucky to keep your job. Um, but over time, in the long run, an average increase of 2 to 3% uh, would not be unusual. And you don't hear about that because it's boring. And it's boring because by definition, if it's happening to everyone, it's boring. It's not newsworthy. So all that goes into this. And then you realize, okay, you've educated them, but then they don't even realize that a raise is only granted after clear evidence has been presented to the people who make the decision, which is not just you, as you well know. Why make the boss do all the work? Why do all the work yeah. yourself? You I mean, have your folks do it. Um, it's it's going to be some work to pull this presentation together. And, um, you know, three things could happen. One is they could, they could just be so lazy that they don't pull it together and you're off the hook. Um, they could do the work. Um, and determine that they don't really deserve a raise and you're off the hook or they do a great job and then your job's easy. So I, I just love this idea. Yeah. And, and the idea is if they don't do it, you say, look, you know, I'm sorry. You know, if you're not willing to do the work, that's the way the system is. And if you're not willing to do that, then uh, recognize that you don't have to do that when it comes time for annual review because the system, the machine of salary administration has already taken care of you by providing us buckets that we get to apportion based on performance. But look, a raise outside of normal salary administration systems and processes is only granted after you give clear evidence of an improvement in performance or a really notable difference between existing pay and either industry or company standards. Um, and look, when it comes to that last one, uh, a difference between your pay and the standard, lots of people assume that showing a difference is easier, but usually it's not. The employee mistakenly assumes that the information they have, one of their friends got a great raise elsewhere, or someone else with a similar background is getting paid sufficiently more, 
is sufficient to show that notable, what we call a notable difference. But guys, individual pay situations may be highly variable and still two different pays of $10,000 apart may still be within broad industry norms. And if somebody's making 50 and they say somebody else is making 52, they would say, well, that's a 4% difference. That's not trivial to me. $2,000 a year after taxes so on, it's notable. It's, you know, for my husband and I, it would be significant. And the company would say, we can't manage pay down to individual levels and master individual pay equity. It's very similar to the pay within a company and within industry being a marketplace, much like Wall Street and the bourses all over the world are markets. And people say the market is perfectly efficient. And then people say, well, no, if it was perfectly efficient, there wouldn't be any fluctuations. The price would be basically right all the time. And that's dumb, guys, because because the market is efficient in the macro sense. And the reason that's efficient in the macro sense is because it's inefficient in the micro sense because of the law of suboptimization. Well, it's also if I if I'm making fifty and somebody else doing a similar job is making fifty two and I use that as justification as person's making four percent more than me, that I, I should get a raise. That's crazy. That's like I mean, Yeah, but see Mike, but you say that and you and I know that, but remember, there's somebody listening right now who doesn't know that and they just clawed and scraped last year to get a $1,500 raise, and now they hear somebody else in another department is getting 52, and they're thinking, that's unfair, and it's an emotional response. Yeah, well, it is right. It is crazy. And, and, they don't, and they don't know what their performance is relative to this, exactly. this buddy of theirs. And, well, you know, I can buddies, drive a, so how I different can, can they be, right? Well, I can drive uh-huh. a Hyundai, or I can drive a Ferrari. They're both cars. They go they both get me from A to B, but I'd say yeah. the experience is probably a little different. So- uh, and maybe I might pay $2,000 more for a Ferrari over a Hyundai. I'm just saying. He's just, just saying. Just me. <laughs> maybe that's just so, me. I don't know. One or two incidents or anecdotes, guys, is usually insufficient to justify a raise. Hopefully, everybody knows that. So if somebody comes to you as a boss with a story like that, it's okay to kind of laugh them out of the room. Now, look, guys, we know you're fearful of losing the employee. And... There's an unspoken understanding, however unfair, that had you done a better job of building a relationship with this person who's asking for the raise and showing them their value and perhaps giving them some roadmap for a future increase and getting them challenging assignments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they wouldn't be demanding more money now. So we're not telling you that you have to ask for supporting documentation. And if it's not good, simply turn them down. But please let's again, recognize the symptom and the cure. Sometimes the cure, the symptoms get solved, but the cure didn't actually address the symptoms. And in this case, if somebody was willing to leave because they don't get enough money, we would like to suggest again, as we did, I think early on in the show that money is hygiene. That's not where you want to try to keep people. And if you haven't done your job, don't assume the company can do it for you because they may not be able to based on how the system works. Okay. That said, for the employee who does assert a performance-based request, we recommend you ask them to produce a document supporting their performance to justify the change in compensation. What would that look like? What would you be asking them for? Yeah. So here, it sounds like this. Look, dude, You'll need to put together a document or a presentation making your case for the increase. Salary increases that happen with annual reviews are supported by the review. So the review is the documentation. 
and they happen when those who administer the system have determined ranges based on the factors I've mentioned above. Without that timing and system at work, you have to create that support yourself. What you'll need to do is focus on three, maybe four, areas of performance. First, detail your individual performance against the known responsibilities of your role. Recognize that simply meeting the requirements of your job is unlikely to be enough, unless perhaps you were at the very bottom of the range and you want to move toward the median. Although don't assume that the median is simply based on performance, there can be other factors. And whatever you come up with comparing your performance to the standard, it'll have to be clear to someone who isn't as close to the work as you and I are. What that means, of course, is there has to be a distinct difference. Second, highlight how your performance has contributed uniquely to our department, division, group, whatever, whatever grouping or sub-organization you're in. Since it's the group's budget that the increase will come out of, there's an assumption that your exceptional performance has special value to the group beyond just to your particular role. In other words, somebody performing highly in a particular role in a group which doesn't particularly value that or which has not had particularly good performance may be hampered in this effort. Third, show how any special projects or additional work you've been doing are particularly aligned with the goals and objectives of the company. If you've worked on something with get, which gets top-level attention company-wide, you'll want to highlight that too. And by the way, Mike, I'm sure some people are listening going, oh, now I can see why company-wide projects really aren't a pain, <laughs> but I understand why they could be good. Why, yes, okay. Yes. And then finally, and this would be the fourth thing, perhaps, if you do have more than anecdotal evidence regarding a disparity between your situation and company or industry ranges or norms, provide that information as well. That's harder to make a compelling case for, but it could provide ancillary support for your case, and so you'd want to conclude, you'd want to include it. So you tell them that, and at that point, it really is up to the direct to put together his or her case. Now look, guys, that's not to say that effective managers don't provide more preparation support to their top performers and less support to others. Guys, if this amount of support and documentation is perceived by the direct as too much work, I don't think there's anything wrong with considering that an indicator of their desire for the increase and, for that matter, their likelihood of being granted one. Yeah, the, the monkey. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So man, the manager, you know, the effective manager plays a role, obviously, uh, yeah. if, if you believe the person should get the raise, for example. Um, but it's not all on your back. Yeah, exactly. I would say no matter who it is, you play – a supporting role for the work they should have done beforehand to bring you the request. A verbal request for a raise is ludicrous. That's right. You've given them, we've given them the benefit here of educating them on the process without saying, are you crazy? You got a PowerPoint? You got a documentation? Get out of my office, dude. We're simply saying this is a first-time request. Now, look, guys, some of our earlier comments could be made moot by someone who knows the way the system works and comes in with the documentation. And then the meeting is more an analysis of the documentation and perhaps guidance or, in other cases, simply a forwarding on or an asking for a meeting with your boss or with your HR business partner or whatever. Right. And very few 
individual contributors, you know, unless they're at a fairly senior level of the organization, are going to come into their manager's office and ask for $20,000 to buy X for a new piece of software or a new piece of hardware, a new computer, what it is. They're, they're not going to come in and ask for $20,000 without some justification. Although so many people believe that they can go into yeah. their, their boss's office and ask for the equivalent right. raise Sound and right. not yeah. say more than <laughs> five right. sentences. And of course, the $20,000, the expenditure on the piece of equipment or the piece of software is a one-time thing. It doesn't add to the ongoing cost basis and future raises that are applied against that cost basis right. and benefit calculations applied against the cost basis and the change in the weighting now of everybody's salary in that division and changing the ranges and 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 the, the bell curve or the not now non-bell curve distribution of pay within a range, within a mode in the company. Right. So if you're listening and you feel it's too much to ask your direct to pull something like this together because it's a lot uh, of work reconsider it's <laughs> yeah well no go ahead don't ask him and then go to your boss and say hey one of my guys wants a raise can we give it to him and when your boss says to you well we really kind of need something to show their justification because they've been working as if that they've been paid fairly for a while and we have an assumption that we're doing that as well so where's my stuff and you're gonna go oh i don't know i'll guess i'll go back and get it okay that said if they do put something together be ready to review and edit their work okay we know of a lot of directs who are denied raises because they asked for far more than was reasonable and it was seen as a political faux pas. Their demand was seen as heavy-handed, politically naive. You may have to suggest that you won't forward or support a request that is politically unwise in the interest of protecting them from political fallout. Well, okay, I'm sorry, but... You know, all managers are not self-interested, but it's also protecting yourself. Yeah, you sure. Pull some, yeah. You know, put something forward to your boss that is stupid. It doesn't doesn't pass even the sniff test. Sniff test, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, guys, you have to be ready to turn down a request without forwarding it if you feel it isn't strong enough. And, guys, I've been thinking for a while now about how to talk about logic and judgment. But this is part of management. You have to make a judgment call. There is no logic I don't have a salary calculator. People ask us this all the time. Well, can you just give me a calculator? Can you just give me the rules? And we do. We have a lot of rules, and we have a lot of laws, and we have a lot of principles that you apply. But you have to make judgment calls about how good the person's behavior is, whether you can sell it, what the issues are with your boss and with HR and with, with, uh, with benefits and compensation. Right. And whether so. it's the right time. I mean, if, the, yeah. if you know behind the scenes that the company's trying to, you know, trying to cut budget by 5%, probably yeah. now's not the right time. <laughs> it's ill-advised to engage your boss and the salary administration process to work on a request that's going to be turned down. So an early no could help you here. Also, guys, and this is the political side of Mark coming out, the Marchiavelli, if you will. There's a new one. Dark well, there's Mark, Mark, I like that. You could easily say, I could see where this would work, knowing that you're slightly unsure and going to your boss and saying to your boss, look, I promised I'd come to you with this. I'm not sure I can support it completely. I don't know what your take is on this situation, but here's where I see this. And I promised I'd bring it forward. And you may very well be expecting a no. And now you can go back and say, look, I talked to the boss and it's a no. And here's why. Okay. All right. Last point. You can still reconsider later. So suppose your direct doesn't get a raise either early or late in the process. Um, 
having said no, is is that the end of it? Is all done? No. Denying a request is not necessarily the end of it. So here's what you might say to keep the no at the time from having an overly final feel. And a no with a final feel may may increase your chance of loss if that's you know your risk of loss and, and some alienation and so on. And so you could say this, look, dude, I'm sorry your request wasn't granted. Never good to hear, obviously, but I'm open to having this conversation again in the future. If we can get your performance to the right level, more pay will come and we'll have more firepower to make it so. You can work on that on your own if you like. Or if you want my help and guidance in the coming weeks, let's talk about where you can improve. We can talk skills. We can talk them, talk about how to maximize the perception of your value by improving your results in your job and the department or the group. Yeah. Here's, here's what's important about this, guys. Many managers think, oh, they feel they're underpaid. Okay, maybe. Now, if a director comes to you and says, I'm underpaid, he's actually, she's actually being rude. Okay. That said, I wouldn't, wouldn't smack around for it. Here's the thing. We assume that they're th saying they're underpaid. No, they're not saying that. They're saying they deserve a raise. If the company says no, then there's a gap between the performance and the compensation piece. This is their way of saying that they want to make more money and you're between them and the company and the company thinks that they need to do more before they can get a raise. So this is an opportunity if you see it as half empty or half full rather than half empty, you can see this as a goad, as an opportunity to drive skill improvement. Now that said, there's a slight risk there because if you do that, you put more credence in the idea that when they go back and improve their performance, you'll be able to carry the water mm. and get them that raise. But who wouldn't want more performance? I love the idea. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess what I really like about it is it, it really helps the individual understand where the gap is, right? So if you're talking about yep. an improvement plan, not that they're on a, on a at a PIP or something like that, right? But if you're talking about a coaching plan or something to get them to the next skill level, it becomes really clear as to... Perhaps yeah. why they didn't get the raise. And you know, it's funny you say that about the PIP because I've been talking about PIPs lately. A lot of people, performance improvement plan. It is really too bad that about the only way that most managers understand the idea of a focused skill improvement effort between a manager and a direct is only at the last stages to keep them from getting fired. When mm. in fact, most people believe that if somebody's on a PIP, they're really on the way out the door and the company is simply looking for a defensible position. I say that in honor of my friend, the HR business partner Lane at TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority. And a PIP to many managers is you know, the bell before the last bell. Whereas you can see just the opposite. This is an opportunity to come up with a plan to improve their performance, to get them above the highest line rather than above the lowest line. That's a great point. Yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be a nice day when PIP actually is something good yeah. that somebody wants yeah. to be on so they can yeah. get that next uh, raise. Wouldn't it be great if there was a podcast that had a base idea about coaching, about a four-step model, it's easy to do. You could do it in five minutes a week with any one of your directs. Only four steps. And then four they steps. Had Sounds easy. Four steps. And, and, and it takes five minutes a week. You could coach anybody on anything. And, you know, they had probably 20 podcasts on it. It'd be great. And what if the podcasts were free? 
I mean, that I, would they be should awesome. charge for that. If, right? if yeah. any of our listeners know where there is such a yeah. thing, um, write us, let us know. Us. We'll let all the other yeah. listeners know. Email Mark Yavelli at managerbackstools.com. <laughs> okay, guys, look, uh, let, let's wrap me. up, Mike. Okay, so, guys, when you get a request for a raise, first, you say no. Remember, compensation isn't a primary retention tool. Take the time, explain the salary administration process, then ask for that supporting documentation presentation. And if, in fact, it's a no rather than a yes, a yes is an easy one to communicate, communicate that you'd be willing to reconsider later. Okay? Look, guys, the more seasoned managers among us know that the most likely answer to a request for a raise really is no. Hopefully, this guidance helps you understand why and will help you be more comfortable delivering the news in a way that's candid and helpful. And yeah, we don't deny there's risk here. This is not risk-free manager tools. But if you lose someone because they didn't get the raise, remember that the drama of that loss, you feel the drama when you lose them, but the core of that loss is born long before that. And losing your first person to not being able to get a raise ought to remind you about relationships and performance communication and development and delegation as well, which is all part of the training. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, partner. All right. See you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this series. We'll start a new one next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.